Hi guys, welcome back to the Safe Spent Invest channel, a podcast. Um, this is Bookie Smart, your host. And today I have a very special guest, um, someone I look up to and admire. And I only found her, I want to say last year, probably back end of 2019. And I read her story on, you know, how she's come thus far. And I was just like, oh my God, she's incredible. Everything she's been able to accomplish is literally goals in life. Um, so I thought that I would get her to come on here and share um, how she's been able to save, but especially for you guys, how you can really ramp up and double your savings in 2021, because we're not playing around. Okay. 2020 was a, was a tough year, but you know, 2021, we're all about hitting our goals and making the most of our money. So Laura, thank you so much for coming to the Safe Spend Invest podcast. Hi, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Of course. So do you want to just walk us through your journey, your story? I didn't want to, you know, spill the tea. I wanted you to be able to tell it authentically by yourself. So go ahead and share what you do, what you've been able to do so far. Um, Hi. So I'm Laura Moore and I am a money and mindset coach and I run a personal finance blog, Instagram and soon to be YouTube channel, which is really exciting. And I talk all about everything from money, mindset and share a lot of my own personal experience, what I've been through with my own finances. So essentially, my story is... When I was 19, I decided that I was going to go to drama school because I was convinced that I was going to be Kate Winslet in Titanic 2. And it's quite expensive. It was about £15,000 per year that you had to fund yourself. It wasn't attached to universities. So I got a full-time job and just started saving as much as I could. And by the time I was 22, I had £15,000, which was like such an amazing achievement for me and I was so excited and then two weeks three weeks before I was due to start that course two of my best friends were like look we're going traveling we're going to the other side of the world do you want to come with and I was like oh um (laughs) spanner in the works and what I had to do in that moment was make a decision based on what I wanted to do. So in the end, I did decide to go travelling. I made the choice to like hold off on the course, go with my girlfriends. Uh, we went to Australia and loads of other places. And I spent literally every single penny, pretty much, um, which no regrets at all. Best decision of my life. Um, but when I came home, I had this realisation that money gave me the opportunity in that moment to pick what I wanted to do based on what I wanted, not based on what I could afford. And that was a bit of like a wake up call. And I was like, wow, you know, that's amazing. All of my friends were like, how were you able to just go traveling at the drop of a hat? And when you were there, you worked for like only like a few weeks out of the whole trip. How did you do that? Mm. So I kind of ended up becoming my friend's I like to call myself their financial personal trainer. And I was like helping them save and clear debt and do all of this stuff. And then, you know, they were like, you need to start talking about it online. And that's kind of where the blog and the Instagram 
um, was born. And here we are today, a few years down the line. <laughs> here we are today. Yeah, no, absolutely. I, I love that story. And I, I love the fact that one, you said you have no regrets about, you know, saving up all that money just to go and spend it traveling because that is amazing. That's something that I feel like a lot of people would want to have, but they always think like, no, like saving is the right thing. And almost like spending is not great or spending should not be as great as saving. And so before we even get into all of that, right, let's, let's backtrack a little bit. Let's talk about how <laughs> you even were able to build up that amount of uh, money in savings. Like what were some of the things that you started thinking about or you got into to really ramp up? Because 15K at 22 is absolute goals like so many people will be like oh my god how did she do it you know so where were you living what were the things that maybe you had to sacrifice or cut down on to get you to that point so I was living at home with uh, my mom my dad I've got two brothers and a sister um so I did have rent to pay but you know it was very low in comparison to these London prices that I'm paying right now, but we won't go there. So yeah, living at home and my job, I was working as a um, account manager, so basically in sales and marketing. Um, I mean, my starting salary was about £12,000. And at the time, I, you know, it was a lot of money to me going from like a, a waitressing job to that. Um, and within that year, I, within those three years, I did get a promotion and a pay rise um, each year, actually, quite luckily. But the things that had the biggest impact were me. I was working every day on a computer. I was learning how to use Excel and I'm a bit of an Excel geek and I don't think you have to be to be good with your money. But for me, that's where it stemmed from be having an interest and being like, oh, this is cool. Maybe I can start to track my own finances in it, um, which I did. So I made myself this budget like spreadsheet template that is actually the one that I use now is the one. Obviously, it's a modified version, but it's the one I use now and give out to people for free. And it was just I got into this habit of every day opening up this spreadsheet, tracking like, oh, yesterday I spent three pounds on a coffee. And maybe it was a little bit like obsessive, Mm. but it got me into this habit of constantly looking at the numbers and not being afraid to like, yeah, look at them, look at my bank account and things like that. So that was one of them that had a big impact. And I guess in regards to like sacrifices, I never luckily had to sacrifice the big things. I always, I never missed out on a holiday with the girls. I still went on holidays. I went to festivals. I was going on nights out. Like I was doing it. The things that I was missing out on were the the trendy things. I never had new clothes. I was always like, I was shopping in charity shops or hand-me-downs or I actually got a sewing machine for my birthday so that I could mend up any clothes that were like had holes in it so I carry on wearing them thrifty um so I was only ever really like not spending money on the everyday yeah like I wasn't really like clothes and things like that um the one thing obviously at my job as well I was in sales so I was getting bonus like commission every now and again when I was working hard but also the job was really intense like it was you know long hours and a lot of stress but it was good and so yeah I guess it was the habit of 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 looking at the numbers every day and stuff that made a big difference for me 
Yeah, I I completely relate because that was literally me. Like when you talk about Excel spreadsheets and the things that you had to sacrifice not being like the big things, that was so me. I got to a point where I started working and I was like, I need to save money. And my my goal and I think my motivation at that point was just traveling. I was oh I'm finally in a place now. I have a job. I can actually afford to travel with my friends and go on girls trip and do all the things that I actually love to do. And so I was that obsessive person as well with my Excel sheet or mine was on Google Google um, spreadsheets. And every time I would go into a shop, I would literally like write it down like Tesco, £2.60, like down to the penny. <laughs> and like, yeah. I remember telling my friends at work and so I'm an accountant and they're thinking, OK, I think you're going a bit too much like this is a bit too much like everybody should know how much they spend on groceries I'm like no like it's important that I track it so that if I'm spending too much money on eating out when I shouldn't be which a lot of people you know people be like oh I think I eat out like maybe 50 pounds a month and it's actually like 150 pounds a month right and Mm -hmm. so that was my thing I was like I need to track it so that I know exactly where my money is going I know where I can cut down on and like similar to you as well I wasn't spending on the trendy things I I had started thinking a lot more about like fast fashion and I was like even though I can go to Primark and buy like 50 pounds with like three huge huge things it just didn't give me um the same pleasure right like the things I actually were interested in were like traveling going out with my friends being able to buy my friends um nice things for their birthdays and things like that but it came a point where it started to be harder because it's like you're in your 20s you should be spending on these things you should be doing these things did you ever feel like you were missing out at all because you were you know you had a goal that you were really trying to hit and actually save quite a lot of money and so even though you know you were living at home and you were still you know cutting back on some stuff did you ever feel like oh maybe I should just live a little bit more like maybe I don't really need to you know do the most and and save all this money and track every single penny (laughs) um I think I feel like the way I kind of, it was kind of categorised into three chunks, right? I had, I see it as pre-travelling, during travelling and post-travelling. That's my financial like category. So pre-travelling, I was obviously working at a job. But I did have quite a few friends who were at university. So, you know, they didn't have heaps of money mm-hmm. anyway. Um, but I was, yeah, I don't know, I just was really focused of like, of getting I was just really focused and I didn't feel like I was missing out because where I was getting enjoyment in life was just being around my friends and just spending time with them. And it was, you know, I wasn't, we weren't spending time together, not spending money, but I always would set myself a budget, even for nights out or for holidays and I would stick to it. So at the time, I didn't feel like I was missing out. When I was traveling, I probably had the biggest like shift because I was so obsessed with my savings seeing the numbers there and not touching it I got really good at not dipping into my savings but when it came to me going traveling that was a big change for me to feel comfortable spending and enjoying that money it was the best thing that could have happened because I was in a complete new environment you know you're so much you're so more carefree when you're traveling you're around a bunch of random people you're you're seeing beautiful things and it is I remember the moment where I had to make the first like uh so from my ISA to my 
current account where I had to make the first like big chunk transaction to bring money over because I was like starting to run out of money mm. and we decided that when we were in Australia we were like we should go to Bali so and we started planning this massive trip around Southeast Asia and that cost money and I remember being like look at me just like transferring the money and now I can do these things and each little time I did that I was getting more comfortable so then by the time I came home I had a much better relationship with learning to save because the habits the system of saving my money was already there and then I'd have a chance to enjoy that money and it wasn't until I kind of came home that I had that balance Mm. and maybe when I look back pre-traveling there I think maybe there was things that I missed out on but nothing that had a big enough impact on me to change how I was acting and now post-traveling I think I've got really nice I mean I'm still learning all the time but I've got a much better balance of enjoying my money and saving I'm still definitely more of a saver, but I, I'm I'm better at <laughs> enjoying it. Yeah, no, I, I I get that, and that was me as well. It was like for the longest time. I was just saving. I was just saving for all these things that I wanted to do. But then travel was like the only thing I would like spare no expense. I was like, when it's time to travel, I'm not like I have worked this hard and I have saved for traveling. And like you said, it's all about having a budget and actually sticking to your budget. Because I think that where a lot of people go wrong is like, oh, but I'm budgeting and I'm trying to save, but I keep dipping back into my savings, right? That's where a lot of people get it wrong. Whereas I think for us, we were just like, don't touch that money. Like, this is not the time. And then when it was time to actually spend when it came to traveling, you were happy doing that and you were fine doing that. And you knew that, you know, your personality so far had been built to be a saver. And so you already had those skills um, down. Um, But yeah, that's really interesting. And so let's let's move the conversation a little bit now into your money coach. You know, you talk about how you've been able to save so far when you came back right let's talk about how did you start to rebuild your savings because I'm assuming you know you came back with very little and then you were like okay now what you know where do I go from here so what did you do to start um, saving back again so I actually, yeah, so I basically, what I'd said to myself is I hadn't gone with the intention of spending it all. I, I, after 15,000, honestly, I'd gone, I'm going to spend five. That's what, I'm going to spend five. <laughs> but there wasn't, we didn't have a return flight. So we were right. just like living, enjoying. And when I was there, I was so in the moment. I was like, I would be so ridiculous to come home just so I could keep £10,000 in the bank. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much spent all of it, except I left myself £1,000 because I knew that I'd need a car when I got home. Um, And I kept that there. I said, not touching it. Came home, bought a car, and I genuinely, like, my savings said zero. And I was like, "Eh," (laughs) my heart. (laughs) Um, But I was really lucky. So I get along really, really well with my boss. And I still work with him now. I've worked with him for like nearly nine years. So got my job back straight away, got a promotion. I was in a higher like salary bracket. So that was kind of a start. I was lucky I could get back into work straight away. Moved back in home, um, which again, had a massive impact because bills were a lot lower. And I allowed myself... So I came back in the July and I allowed myself till the end of the year. I said, till the end of the year, you can carry on spending and enjoying your money like you're still traveling. So I was buying things. I was, you know, doing whatever. I wasn't building my savings. And then come January, which would have been 2017, I was like, okay, get, you know, less time to get back into it because I knew that I wanted to move to London with 
my be- my, two of my best friends. So I was like, you're going to need money. You're going to need that security. So let's just start building it back up. And I was a bit more relaxed on the end goal in regards to the number. I just was like, get into get back into the habit, start building it up, start tracking again. And it was really easy to fall back into it because I feel like I've been doing it for like three, four years. It was like, like it was in my blood. So it was once I'd kind of set my heart on it, I just kind of started slowly building it back up. Mm-hmm. And I can't remember the exact numbers, um, but we moved to London um, and I think I had probably about five, six thousand pounds um moved in started renting with the girls it's about a year and a bit later I think it was the summer after that and then obviously that's a big change to go from moving to go from being at home and having really low outgoings to moving to London and where my hometown is it's quite close to London so it's not like going from up north to London it's crazy change like it was I was kind of expecting London prices but rent is high there's all these other things that like you have to buy like washing up powder and like bin bags like that stuff costs money <laughs> so yeah. you know I got into I had to like find a new groove and then um part of what I talk about on my Instagram and stuff was that I set myself a goal for last year actually to hit 20,000 pounds by the end of the year but because of COVID I still had I was really privileged I still was able to have my job it was really secure and I went, I wasn't going anywhere. So I was like, I'd already got in my head, like, I know I, I can make the most of this situation. And I was stashing away and was able to hit that goal June last year. So about six months early, which was good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it, I think because I'd already done the work before, I was quite lucky that it is a lot easier once the, the, the habit is there. And I think, I think you might have read the book by James Clear, Atomic yes. Habit. Yes. And it talks about having those systems and there's so much to it and it makes so much sense. And I feel like I had that system in place that allowed me to get into the habit of saving. Right. Yeah. No, that, that is brilliant. And that really is what it, it comes down to, right, is your systems to track your goals. Because like I say to people, personal finance mostly starts in your mind and like how you think about money, mm as a mindset and how you're able to like build that self-discipline and that those habits essentially and once you have your system in place it doesn't matter how far away you stray it doesn't matter if you have like you said a season of just traveling just spending not saving anything um as long as you have a plan and you have a system that works with that plan and that's really the way to do it there is no like magic formula there's no like oh my god you're not having the time of your life oh you're, you guys are so miserable it's like no, you just have to plan. Nice. You just have to plan for it. Um, and you know, build build that into everything that you do, and that always comes to save you. So even the times I'm like, oh, you know, I feel a bit bad, or emotionally, you 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 want to take out some money out of your savings and treat yourself because you've had a, a rough week or a rough month. The inbuilt you know habit inside of you would tell you, no, that's not a good idea. I don't think you should do that. You've worked too hard to go and, you know, take 200 pounds here, take 100 pounds here. You're not going to meet your goal. Like all of these things would be like flashing red signs in front yeah. of you. <laughs> I know. Um, but that's the beauty. That's the beauty of, you know, building your money mindset. But it's incredible that you've been able to, you know, essentially start from ground zero and again, work your way up to building more than, you know, 20,000 pounds an hour, right? And so... Yeah, and I... Yeah, go on. Sorry, I was going to say the thing as well, you bringing in about mindset is that you start to convince yourself 
how good you are with your finances. I had evidence to support that I felt like I was good with my money because I could see that I had money. I'd just been able to do something amazing with it. I was helping other people. They were reinforcing it by going, oh, you're so good with money. So even though I was starting at ground zero again, I already could kind of see into the future about, well, I've already done it before. I can do it again. And that's just a mindset thing because we can't actually see into the future. And I think that's where other people struggle, where if they've been um, struggled with money before in the way of their own bad habits, they convince themselves that they can't do it. And right. it's like not necessary. There might not be a difference in our salaries or they might even have more money. Or, But because you convince yourself, your mindset around how you handle your finances is what keeps you doing what you're doing, both good or bad. Yeah, absolutely definitely and, and and like i always say to people like bad habits are really hard to break once you actually get into them so instead of like thinking and and also the things you say to yourself and that's one of the things i love about like your instagram is those affirmations that you have are really important like these are the little things that people might take for granted but really being able to affirm yourself and like you said saying I've done it before I can do it again and you can almost picture yourself doing it and also you know saying to yourself um just the importance of what money means to you and and I always say like money is a means to an end right it gets us to what we actually want in life whether that's traveling whether that's being able to buy nice things for your family whether that's just securing your future it's like if you have the things in your life that you care about and that money can get you towards then you need to stay with that motivation and that will that's what that's what's going to help you you know build the habits and build the discipline um but in terms of like the issues that you've seen maybe with your friends or even just people from like instagram people that you've helped what are some of the common mistakes that people have when it comes to saving like where do people get it wrong so it there's a couple of like really common underlying universal things i think people get wrong and then there's some things that are really like personal to individuals based on their mindset and their past and things like that so as so as a money and mindset coach I've worked with people in completely different you know from completely different backgrounds um one of the things is it comes down to the way like kind of what you just mentioned the way they view and value money and time so I think it's easy to for people who struggle with saving We've got the element of, first of all, because they haven't been able to save for whatever reason, they convince themselves that they're bad at saving and they kind of have, they kind of attach that to their identity right. and they're like, I am somebody who is bad at saving. So that's kind of one issue because it's like this ingrained, mm-hmm. yeah, ide- like identity. And you're like, no, 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 you can change it. We just have to start making small changes so you can reaffirm the fact that you can do it. But in regards to the other side, is like you said, is then a lot of people say they don't save money because they don't know what they're saving for. So then they use that as an excuse to live paycheck to paycheck. A, because, you know, emergency funds and rainy day funds, they are boring. People think, well, I don't want to save for an emergency. Like, what what emergency could happen? And, you know, we've just spent a year and a half, like, in a lockdown because of the pandemic. Nobody could see that coming. (laughs) That is your emergency. Yeah, that that is the emergency. And obviously, I think that's bigger than anybody could ever have imagined. But Mm -hmm. it comes down to the kind of like, oh, well, I don't, what am I saving for? I don't know, you know. But funnily, like, we don't think about 
our futures in terms of money always. So when you think of goals, five-year plans, 10-year plans, you always think, yeah, I know I'll buy a house or yeah, I really want a family or I want to start a business or go traveling. But you don't always factor in that you're the one who has to pay for those things. I think a common thing is people just assume that their finances are going to sort themselves out over time. And I don't always think that is our fault because, you know, there is obviously this argument around how finances isn't taught very well in schools. So you go from being a child or a teenager, not really having much money or having a really, you know, basic job. So then getting either university and a student loan or a full-time job and suddenly you're expected to be thinking like 10 15 years down the line and how you're going to retire and who's going to buy your house and so you don't marry the goals and the way you imagine your life with the fact you have to finance it so then I think that stalls people with considering emergency funds different pots for different house deposits Mm -hmm. traveling deposits and even like pensions so I think that lack of um education around finances and how it's going to affect your future and I guess a lack of ownership as well around the fact that you're an adult and you have to you're the one who has to do things you know you you have to finance yourself yeah so they're the probably the common they all link together they're usually the most common things I think yeah yeah I definitely see that as well in like just generally speaking to people and I think sometimes it's easy to take for granted because you've been able to do it I've been able to do it you know and it's like surely people can do this like like why why is there such a barrier and why is there such a hurdle and and for me the by far the biggest thing is education financial education is the most important thing you know after I read Rich Dad Poor Dad at uni that was it for me I was like oh my god (laughs) like everything changed after that point and I just started reading and reading more but a lot of people don't think that way and then they get into the real world they make even if you start making six figures off the bat like you still don't have that discipline and so it's no wonder that even people who make 80k 100k would still end up living paycheck to paycheck because they just don't know better they don't know the things that you said they don't know how how much to save how to save what they're saving for they don't want to save for an emergency fund because they think well I'm on a high I'm on a high salary so worst case scenario I'm sure that I can just pinch a thousand pounds here and and I'd be fine but it's like you need to actually educate yourself like you are your own financial responsibility there's no one there's no one coming to save you right neither your parents nor the (laughs) government like you at some point are going to have to make a decision for yourself of this is the life I want to live and this is the way that I'm going to have to do it. And like you like you said, it's always about the systems or what are the systems that you're putting in place so that you can buy a property, so that you can start a business, so that you can even maybe if you want to go and do higher education, go for an MBA, you know, do whatever it is that you want. It's like money is still a means to an end. And so it's important that you get it right at the grassroots level, which is just leveling up your savings and just knowing how to do it. Um, But for me, I'd say yeah. like, one of the most practical ways that I tell people to like really start saving um especially people who feel like they know the act of I should move some money when I get a paycheck I should move it into um an account but because of life or because they're living above their budget or because they're they're just expensive in their lifestyle they don't know um they don't know how to keep that money in their savings is get an account you don't see right that's something that I mean, it's, it's, it might be easy once you get to a point where you've built that habit already and you already know like, okay, I don't touch my accounts because I'm just that disciplined. 
But if you're struggling to save, like I always tell people, just get an account you don't see. And that was what I had to do. I had to go and create a whole new bank account and say to them, I don't want the details of it. I don't want the card. I don't want to know anything apart from the sort code and account number so I can, you know, automate my savings into that. And that was by far like my biggest game changer, like just having an account you don't see it's growing and building up constantly over time. And I knew that okay, this is my emergency fund. And once I had that lockdown, I was like, oh, I can actually start doing this for other things as well. I can like have an account I don't see for traveling. And, you know, now with like Munzo and the digital banks having those different pots, it makes it really easy for you to like split things up. And I always say like, that is also a good hack because if I'm saving to travel to um, Turkey or Budapest or something like that, I'm going on a girl's trip and I've already put in that amount if I ever need to take money out of it, I'm just, it's just as easy as knowing if you take money out, you're not going to be able to make that trip. There's like, you're yeah. either going to have less money or you're just not going to be able to make that trip. So it is whatever it is you want to buy a new phone, a new car, a new luxury item. Is it worth it? You know, and, mm-hmm. and having those goals like really, really in my face so that I'm like, okay, if I'm going to buy a house, I can't go in like, oh, I need a 200 pound just because I want to feel better make myself feel great it's been you know it's been a long year I told myself that a lot in 2020 it's been a long year it's a pandemic you know (laughs) and it's like it's been a tough year um yeah so definitely I agree with everything that you're saying but when it comes to we talked about like bad financial habits that people have right how how does someone who is in a who is in a rut, who just can't get it together with saving, who has probably had that inbuilt habit or inbuilt mindset of I just can't do it, I don't see the point of doing it, or I, I earn I earn enough money so that I don't really need to save, you know, my job will give me enough money to travel and I'll just take that from my current account and I'll keep living paycheck to paycheck. And those f- bad financial habits are really hard to break. So how would you tell people to do it? Like where do they start from? Where do they what are the things they should put in place to get them out of that situation? So, I mean, just like to touch on one of the things you were saying as well, thinking about like financial education, I always think like we always get taught, not just in school, but in the environment, in, um, you know, just what we see in society, we get taught that um, we, sh- we, we get taught how to earn money to so go get a job, we get taught how to spend money. So once you have this money, look at all the things you can do. Right. But we don't get taught about the bit in the middle, the saving and the investing. So people get so used to just, well, the point of life is I earn and I spend and I earn and I spend. But this middle bit, actually, you know, you need this extra bit in the middle so that you can continue to buy things and live a good life. But you don't have to work until you're like 105, you know? So that's kind of where we're where the it falls down and I think people who need to who feel like they're really struggling at the moment and they're like I've tried saving it hasn't worked I think that it's about scaling it back and simplifying it so first of all you've got the people who think that being good with money is all about numbers not everybody is great at maths you know everybody has different skills you don't have to be good at maths to be good with your money that's sort of like reminding yourself that that regardless of your you know academic skill that's not what's going to help you say you can use things such as 
automating so you said about having accounts that you don't see for me i like seeing my money i that's what motivated me seeing it rise mm. however also i had friends who were similar to you and they were like i just need to know that i can't touch that money i'm happy to, for it to go because i'm spending money all the time so it's fine if that goes there i don't want to see it so i think you can learn because it's only between two options learn which one you think is going to be better for you and start small don't think that if you've gone from saving nothing don't just suddenly think well this year i'm going to save twenty thousand pounds because you're potentially setting yourself up for a loss and what you're going to do is a it's going to seem like you're going to look at the top of the stairs and be like that's a really far away to go you need to just go okay how about i try and save it could literally be this month i'm going to try and save 50 pounds and remind you automate it into account you can't an account you can't see label it something like you said that is your motivation maybe you're not maybe you, you love traveling and you want it to be when this pandemic is over i'm gonna go somewhere really nice or maybe you're in you know you've got a hobby where the equipment and the tools is really expensive label it as that thing so that's your motivation so that when you think about dipping into it you go, okay, right now I'm making a choice. I'm either making this impulse purchase, something, maybe an emotion has triggered me, boredom, um, yeah, like an emotion. Or I can have something that is something I really love. And when you have the comparison and you say, I'm going to, before I make any purchases, I'm going to give myself 24 hours before I do it. A lot of the time you will re-remind yourself, you'll be able to sort of come down off that emotional ledge re-remind yourself of why you're saving and each time that you do just save 50 pounds 10 pounds however small amount it is each time you're not dipping into it you're reminding yourself and you're reaffirming that you can do it so start small and work your way up and it might be over a month or two three four months you go okay i've managed to save now 200 pounds I haven't touched it. So you're starting to prove to yourself as opposed to putting in 500 pounds, taking out 300, putting in 700, taking out 100. It's the small little things because that compounds over time, doesn't it? It grows and it makes a big difference over a longer period of time. So don't go from absolute ground zero to trying to do the most. Just start small and get into the habit. And then I think also it's a good thing for people is learning to educate yourself on these things. So whether that's reading books, there's so much free content out there. Reading books, listening to podcasts like this one, watching YouTube videos, following finance Instagrammers, because you start to build um, an idea of what is acceptable based on what you see. So if you're in a group of friends who are also the same as you and you're always all talking about how broke you are or how you all can't save, it's gonna be harder to be the one who's like, actually, I'm, I'm actually well good at saving now. Whereas if you start to surround even your social media or your own brain with knowledge about people who do save and who are good with their money, you can start to go, oh, actually, I can do that because it feels more natural. So it's about putting yourself in those environments, education-wise, social media-wise. Um, I think that has a big impact too. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And and it, it's so important. Like I say this generally for social media anyway, like the importance of, curating your feed for the people who feed yourself right who give you either the things that you want to achieve in life and the people who are achieving it and you're like oh my gosh their content is inspiring it's motivating 
every time I see them, I'm like, okay, I need to turn off Instagram and go get my ass to work or, you know, or whatever it is that you want to do in life, just trying to put yourself in the circles of people because, and that's the beauty of social media. That's the beauty of the internet. It's like, you don't have to have all the friends who have it together, but if you put yourself within the people online who are doing it, you're more likely to be that person also changing your friends from the inside out. And so even though you can start to feel like, oh, within my social circle, there's no one who who is as motivated as me, or there's no one that I can have as an accountability partner like everybody else is just spending and wanting to spend. And then you're not really getting that motivation. Then you need to go find it outside of that social circle. You need to intentionally curate your social media, curate your feed, so that what is going into your head consciously or unconsciously are good things, are positive affirmations that you can be better at money and there are ways to do it and that you can break, you know, the broke cycle, like I always say, like you come out of that cycle and you just feel so much better as a person. You feel a lot more empowered. You feel like, oh, I can save a hundred pounds this month. I can save a thousand pounds. I can save 5,000 pounds. And it starts to compound and really like it starts to transform everything that you do and, and you stop seeing you stop seeing it as like such a barrier, right? You stop feeling, you know, shame when it comes to money or you just feel like, oh, I can't do this, I can't get to this goal, or look at all those people who buy nice things, like they are better than me. Like all of those things start to sort of fade away once you actually get yourself into the right group of people. So that is such an important thing that I can never like reiterate enough. Yeah, and I also think, like you said, about motivating yourself is I think that so many of our decisions, and this is something I work with people on, so many of our decisions are driven by emotion. We like to think that a lot of our decisions around money are like from the left, you know, the logical, rational brain. But if that was the case, we would all be amazing with our money because most of the time we all know what needs to be done. It's the actually doing it that's the hard thing. And a lot of the time, instant gratification takes over the delayed gratification. You want something in the now, like the thing you can just buy online, as opposed to the two years down the line, big trip. Because even though you know you might want that, that emotions can sometimes take over. And I had a massive vision board on my wall, like last year. In the middle, it literally said in big writing, £20,000. And I'd look at that every single day. And there was other like affirmations around it. And there was little things that I would do that would help me with the mindset. Because the thing that I say about the mindset, like our money mindset, is imagine you're building a house. There's no point building this really bougie house with all these really nice things if you're building it on a pile of mud. The mindset is the foundation. You've got to build it on a solid foundation and work up. So you need to kind of sit down with yourself. I like to call it having a money day. So sit down with yourself. You know, you spend how many hours at work? How are you going to spend all those hours at work knowing when to turn up, knowing what tasks you need to do, being on time, being professional, whatever it is, job you're in. But yet you won't sit down with yourself for an hour to talk to yourself about your money. So sit down with yourself, have a money day, and it can think about the emotional side of it. Like, what is it? Where is it that I'm falling down? Is it that I'm spending too much? Is it that I'm um, 
being too carefree and thinking my money's going to take care of itself. And then you can start to work on your mindset around it. Because when you start to change the emotions towards how you feel about your money, then you can you can put the practical things in place. You can put a budget in place that works, which will help you save. You can put a debt management in place. You know, you can automate things. The practical has to go along with the emotional. And that, small things, will be what can lead you to where you want to be. And also, you know, it's... It, it's not going to be something that happens overnight, but when you start to make those changes, you're like, oh, okay, I see how this affects me. And you can start to act out of more self-awareness, like practicing mindful spending, things like that. Yeah. That has a big difference. Yeah, it does. People just, like you said, sitting down and really looking at themselves in the mirror and saying, okay, where am I currently? Like assessing your financial situation and, and what are the sort of... Um, you know habits that you think about when it comes to money or what are the what are the, what are the thoughts that you have when it comes to money are you more like i should be saving but maybe i don't earn enough right in which case a lot of the time when people say i try and save but i dip into my savings because something comes up in life or my bills are too high my lifestyle is too expensive i'm like well scale it back you know mm-hmm. do the do the right thing and it's like that that logical side of your brain says you are living in a house that is too expensive for your budget and so of course you can't save. so it's not that you don't want to save it's that you cannot actually afford to save because your lifestyle is too expensive so do the right thing scale it back scale you know live go and live in a flat if you can and i always say i know it's a privilege but if you can go back to your parents house you know we live in a generation that tells you to be independent and everybody find their own home and they're moving out of your parents. I was so privileged enough to live as long as I could in my parents' house just so I could get to that point in my finances where I was quite comfortable and I didn't need their support anymore. Um, But it's like, you know the little things that you can do to adjust your lifestyle so that you can make it work for you. You don't have to you know, fall prey to what society says that you should, you should have a one-bed flat, you should go and live in central London, you should go and, you know, don't take any roommates, all these things that we're, we're fed, right? Whereas if you decide that, okay, I actually have my goals, I actually want to do this, and here are the things that I need to do to get them, that's so important. Um, yeah. And in, in your 20s, right, because we're both in our 20s, and, and some people might feel like, oh, boy, in your 20s, should you really worry about saving money, especially because, you know, we're probably not at our highest or peak earning potential yet. Why can't I just put it off and wait till I'm in my 30s when I'm making a lot more money? I'm probably not going to be, um, you know, spending as much because, you know, I'm making enough money anyway, so I'll just keep my current habits. Why do you think that it's important to sort of build these foundation um things or principles in your 20s and actually know how to save and save better do you know what i think the hard thing as well is we are told as you know millennials but as young people like cut out your avocado on toast cut out your lattes because then you'll be able to buy a house and you know that we don't even want to get started on on that and the disparity between salaries nowadays and the cost of houses but we're told to like make all these small changes and we're kind of like attacked in the media as young people um but your 20s is a really interesting pivotal time because you when you're in school you're all on the same you're all in the same year doing the same exams you're all in the same boat you leave school 
some of you go to university, some of you get into work, you've got people getting married when they're 22, people who don't get married till they're 40, people having babies, people going traveling. It's that kind of period in your life, it's the decade in your life where you could literally be in a completely different position to your friends and the people around you. And it's hard to know what is right for you in because you don't necessarily always know at that age exactly what you want to do you might not know what you want to do as a job where you want to live you know because as you go throughout your 20s you meet different people and have different experiences and that makes you go maybe I do want this and the amount of times I've kind of changed course of what I want to do with my life and stuff because I've met different people and been in different positions so I think your 20s is a really hard year yes you should be enjoying them but what's not going to be enjoyable is if you spend live paycheck to paycheck don't think about your future at all and then you get to your 30s mid 30s and there's all these things you want to do but you're still paying off debt because you were having such a good time in your 20s because you can have a good time without getting into debt and while still saving and investing and i think i've seen your instagram recently talking about investing and it's sort of similar to me where i've been on that journey really really like within the last few years and got to understand that about how that can massively help our financial futures. And if you are too carefree with your money, too haphazard, you are going to pay for it at some point. It's not like, you know, you turn 30 and it's like clean slate, welcome to the, your new decade, you know, start from zero. That's not how it works. Right. Everything rolls over. So there is never gonna be a point where being good with your money, having money in savings, having money investments, is going to be a bad thing but there will be living too outside of your means or too like too having too much lifestyle creep that's going to hurt you so by putting in the habits and the systems now hopefully i like to think for you know most of us that as you get older your salary increases you get you know your job and career trajectory goes up that's what you know you hope for you can never predict what's going to happen in the future you don't know what's coming so you always still have to be prepared in some way whether that's with emergency funds and just you know having um the habits of somebody who is good with their money because like you said it's kind of like they say how you handle 100 pounds is how you handle 100,000 pounds just because if you're not handling your money very well in your 20s but you're going oh, I'm having a good time when you get a bit older you don't just suddenly learn to be good with your money that 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 has to come from somewhere and i think it's that education that we can start to implement in your 20s because you do have less responsibility you might not have a mortgage you might not yet have family you might not whatever these things are that's actually the perfect time to be learning but also still enjoying yourself because then as hopefully your money increases then you can go oh yeah i've got more of it but i know what to do with it so i think it's getting to that point where you feel motivated to know that you are in charge of your own future no your life is nobody else's responsibility you have like you are your own responsibility and you have to think if you were looking for a life partner do you want somebody who is doesn't know how to handle their money no so why do you want to be that person because somebody's going to think the same about you <laughs> so it's just about thinking about you know how that plays into the kind of life that you want to lead yeah no i couldn't you're, you're telling us you're telling us as mm -hmm. in all the gems that's <laughs> awesome these are things that people don't realize it's like if you're going to get married at some point in the future are you going to look for someone who doesn't have you know who, and you don't have to have it all together but you need to have a good idea 
of what to expect, right? When it comes to money, it's like, how are you going to deal with debt or how are you going to even imbibe your children with those with those principles from when they're growing mm-hmm. up? Um, you don't suddenly wake up in your 30s and you have it all together. You don't suddenly wake up in your 40s and you're like, look, I have money now and I know exactly what to do. With it. Like, these are the building block stages of your life. And that's why I love the fact that you said, you know, it starts small, start small. You can't handle a hundred pounds and say, I'm going to save 10 pounds out of that. I'm going to, you know, spend 50 pounds um, on essentials or living expenses. When you get to 100K, if you're making 100K income, nothing's going to change. I have seen it time and time again of people with a high income still saying, I'm broke all the time. Right? Still saying, it's not about the money, is it? It's no. not about the numbers. Yeah, so that's that's really important. Um, cool. This has been so much fun um, and so great and so, so many gems. And, and I just want to wrap up with, if you were to do anything differently, if you were to give your 20-year-old any advice, what would you say to them? I would say to myself, you need to learn about investing now and you need to start investing now. That's what I would say because I have been, I mean, I guess and you can kind of agree with this, I'm guessing, that being in the financial space, educating other people on finances, you end up, A, obviously you have such an interest in it. Like, I find it all so interesting. I love learning about it. I love that knowledge about it. I love passing that on. So we have an upper hand because we have the desire to know about it. So that helps. But I learned about, I only learned about investing when I was 25. I'm 27 now. It probably took me about six to eight months to actually grasp the concept and that's not because it's difficult but because there was so many different things to read and learn the language is so confusing and it was really lucky and there's not really many like female you know you've got your Warren Buffett's and where's the where's the ladies doing that so it's I felt like I was in this over dominated male world luckily I had a really good man friend he was a man and he's in he was a wealth manager and he said to me i agree let's sit down and he spent hours with me just explaining it all once i got my head around it and i was like oh my god and we all know what if you understand investing you learn that the amount of time that you spend investing is the most important thing it's not about the amount of money if you do it in a sensible way it's actually more important about how long you're in the market how long you've got your money invested so time is the precious thing here. So I would have basically just got myself to learn about it earlier and start investing sooner. Because you do have to get over, I'm still getting over these mental blocks of going from seeing my money in a savings account to knowing that it's technically somewhere else. So that's something I've had to work through myself. If I could have done that a bit earlier, that would have been great. <laughs> yeah, 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 definitely. And, and that was probably the biggest thing for me, like being in my mm-hmm. I got started because my older brother started working in investment banking and, and he was the one that was like, I think that like if you're doing it for your clients, at some point you realize like maybe I should do this for myself, like actually invest for myself. And so as a family, I think he just got us all together. Um, and, and that's how I yeah. started understanding it and being like, okay, I'm, I'm doing it. And because again, like for me, I was used to not seeing my money anyway, which is sort of different to you. Like you were used to seeing it. I was used to not seeing it. So the mental shift was slightly easier in that I was like, oh, so I'll just move £2,000 that I, I had saved oh, into an account and then left it for a few years. And I was like, oh, I, I was putting money in it every month, but then I wasn't 
I, I still didn't really understand it up until maybe like 2017, 18. And that was when I started really looking into like properly, what is this money actually doing in the market? Like what is it being invested in, right? And I got into different things. I got into cryptocurrency for a bit. Um, I started learning how to invest in actual stocks. And, and so the book that I wrote, this ebook on investing for beginners, it was literally like all the things I wish I knew like all the all the basic things because it can get very complicated it can get to a point where you're just like i just don't get it and so here i'm like breaking down like what does this screen mean when people talk about gains what does that mean when people talk about losses are they like losing money for real or is that like a thing that they just say like all these things that people don't know and like you said we don't see women we just see profit and you know the other guys doing it and you're just like "Mm, okay yeah so important yeah. Yeah. And I um I read Rich Dad Poor Dad as well. And you start to realise like you're convinced that it's one of those things that you have to be rich to do. And it's funny because because money is so emotional and it's all about your mindset. Like that actually for me, when I talk to people, I the reason I'm a money and mindset coach is because the mindset part to me is so important and that comes down to all stages of your life all elements because it underpins so much same like when it comes to investing and i actually read this amazing piece of research by fidelity about women and money and it spoke about why women are less likely to invest but they're actually better at it sorry men um because it was to do with like the emotional side and i found it really interesting and i think it's you know we're on a similar mission in that respect to like help people understand it in a jargon free way because there's just so many like I, was, I had one tab up which was like google for the words and then like an article and i'd like read it and like in one sentence i'd probably be googling like three or four words and you're having to understand the description translate it back into the sentence um so i think like getting to understand that is is key but one thing i do see as well is i always see online like twitter especially people who are in their like late 30s 40s who've only just really started to like discover it and they're still going to be fine like they're still going to be able to do it so even at being in our 20s we're already ahead of the curve in that respect i think it can more feel like you're behind because when you learn about how important it is to have time in the market you're like i wish i had all the time why didn't i start when i was like 18. (laughs) yeah but there's no better time to start than today like yesterday was the best day but today's the second best day absolutely and i i love that phrase so much it's like the best time to invest was yesterday or four years ago the next best time is now so people are like when should i get into the market what should i you know you can start now as long as you know i always say make sure you have your emergency fund make sure mm-hmm. you understand what you're going into right because investing is not a get rich quick game like if you're thinking oh i'm seeing everybody post games on social media and it seems like everybody's up the market by like 100 percent. i'm going to do the same you will be shocked when you open yeah. up and see like minus 40 percent and you're like, oh, like what have i done <laughs> yeah um yeah so i i absolutely love that phrase and i I think it's important that people just really get to grips with the basics so that you actually feel empowered like the way we talk about feeling empowered to actually save and be motivated Mm -hmm. same way once you really understand what investing can do for your money and what investing really is in terms of like i understand how 50 pounds is going to make me 55 pounds today or or 100 pounds tomorrow you understand how that's going to work then you should do it you absolutely do it cool so now i want to go yeah. a couple of 
you know, quick fast fire question, talk about um, this or that, and just tell me the first thing that comes into your mind when you hear it. So first thing is out of London or living in London? Right now in London. Right now in London. Because I think I, yeah. And are you a saver or spender? Saver. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. What is your best financial tool that anybody can use? Um, my budget template. I use it literally every single day, constantly. It's free. You can use it how you want. It's a lifesaver for me. And what is the first thing you do in the morning when you wake up? Meditate. TikTok or Instagram? TikTok. Ooh. <laughs> uh, Twitter or Instagram? Ooh, Instagram. And would you budget with the spreadsheet or budget with an app? Spreadsheet. I'm a spreadsheet gal. Finally, are you an avocado on toast or no avocado on toast? Definitely avocado on toast. All day, every day. (laughs) Um, And do you think it's possible to have your lattes and still be able to save £20,000 in a year? One million percent. There's nothing I believe in more. I still have a latte every single day. I love it. I love it. It's such a perfect analogy when we talk about the lattes and talking about money because there's a coffee shop around the corner. I literally go every day and it's like three pounds a day. I don't care. I'm like, I am getting my oat milk latte. <laughs> yeah. You can do it, people. You can actually you can do it. Laura, we've come to the end of the podcast. This was incredible. I had a great time speaking to you. Your journey has been amazing to watch and I and I especially love it because like I said you're living the goals like you've done the traveling you've gone and spent the money you've come back and started working and you're killing it and you're saving and now you're you know you're about to get into YouTube which I'm excited for because yes yes more UK people YouTube and talk about it um but yeah let let us know where we can find you where we can get to you if people want to be coached by you all of those details so I've got an Instagram, a Twitter, a TikTok, and a website, and they're all Laura Ann Moore. My Instagram is Laura underscore Ann underscore Moore. And I've got details if you want to get in touch with me about us sort of working together or doing some coaching around your money and your mindset, you can drop me an email, which is um, either on my website or on my Instagram. And yeah, thank you so much for having me. I've had such a good time. Such a good chat. We know the deal, don't we? We know. <laughs> yeah, no, we know. We know. We want you guys to know as well. So We do. We want to share that with you. That's Laura. Um, make sure you follow her. Like I said, make sure you put yourself in that community because that is important. Um, check out her website. She has amazing things on her website. Um, reach out to her for coaching. And we'll be looking forward to seeing you on YouTube soon. Yay, thank you. All right.